Welcome everyone to the Precision Unloaded podcast, episode 29, rapidly approaching 30. In fact, I'll say we're one away, Graham. Exactly one away, and coincidentally, that would be how old I am, 30 years old. Anyway. Are you? How are you, Mark? No, not bad. Um, You're you're not much older than me, are you, to be honest? No, no. No? Just a few decades? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so... Welcome everyone, as Mark said, to our 29th episode. Who would have thought we'd get this far? We keep um, saying the, that. The beauty of podcasts is no one can really cancel us because um, no one listens. Uh, anyway, so I believe we have a sponsor for this episode, Mark. Yes, uh, thanks to the gun rack. They've come on board this week. Um, I'll be letting Jeff know later on that he was sponsoring yeah. us. Cash, I believe it was a cash payment too. So that's really generous of Jim. Um, yeah. Oh, so that's, uh, you know, if anyone else wants to sponsor us, um, just get in touch with Mark. He's our, um, our financial officer. So uh, we have been quite busy over the last uh, wee while with plenty of comps and plenty of pest control and testing new stuff and and all that. So we'll, we'll touch on a couple. Uh, sort of a catch-up podcast. We'll catch on a, a rimfire comp we did a few weeks back in Rotorua, and we'll also talk about the Tirada teams match. Obviously, the individual side of it did not happen, so um, we'll just sort of go over that. So anyway, uh, uh, Mark, have you dropped off? Have you? No. No, no you're still there. Sorry, we're not quite. So okay. So, first of all, what have you been up to, Mark, uh, excluding competitions? You been uh, out shooting pigs or goats or anything like that? Uh, I've been pretty busy, but um, doing a fair bit of goat culling practice, so it's good. Yeah. Um, Coat culling practice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Culling goats, practicing culling them. At, at and also doing pest control, yeah. Yeah. Yep. They don't call them a pest, they're a resource, Graham. Yes, to some people. Yes, uh, uh, to be fair, we, I went up um, on the weekend for a shoot with uh, some of the guys in Pew Pew, and uh, yeah, they actually do herd the goats and sell them. Um, they actually, yeah, follow through with it, unlike some of the local Taranaki guys. Anyway, um, oh yes, I'm shooting a few goats and uh, a few possums and stuff like that. I imagine. Yeah, and mainly swapping scopes from one thing to the other. Yeah, which I really hate. Yeah, it's. But... it's it's weird though because it's not as if you have to take one off one scope for multiple guns you've got too many scopes now for your heaps of guns I know I've got this thing like a what is it a Minox Minox whatever they call themselves 3 to 15 quite a good scope but it's really just homeless because I can't really even work out what it would be good on is that a dialing scope? it's a BDC no it's not that's a thing oh it's a BDC. Dialing scopes are like dinosaur material nowadays. I don't know. You're, you're I mean, all about the BDC. Non-dialing. What am I saying? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the BDC. Oh, yeah. oh, with with the app though, the BDC's fine because you just load it up, get the data right. But um, yeah, I'll find something. Yeah. I wanted to oh, put well, it I've, uh, I've been uh, doing a similar sort of thing here. I've been a lot of a lot of two-two practice still, which is what I say all the time. But I um, two-two practice shooting a few goats again. Went up for a session in uh, Taupo with the uh, Saber Tactical and um, uh, those guys out there, and um, that was good fun. Did a bit of pest control, same thing. Um, yeah, so very similar. And I think you and I we've been putting out a few targets for an upcoming match and some of the more difficult um, parts of the farm to get to. But yeah, pretty standard. So we... Uh, that was a good story, though. What was? Well, this the shooters that are a part of the farm that's different again and not as accessible, but oh. we've done some new tracking, but... Um, oh, you mean tell people about putting the targets out? We went to put the targets out and... Uh, are you eating a pile of dates, are you? Immediately got stuck. Why does it sound like a meeting? That sounds like you're eating dates, like an old person. Oh. <laughs> I'll have to mute myself while I'm talking then. <laughs> no, you're fine. People love uh, your humour, apparently. Do um, they? Yeah, so we, no one listens, we, so how would you know? Anyway, 
we so we we went and thought well oh, we'll just go and put these targets out there to, when it gets wet the access gets um uh nearly you can't get down there right with a, a vehicle and hauling steel so it becomes impossible so we uh we started on the new track and proceeded to get stuck about 10 meters into the new track uh the, the bank had slipped and the, the water had pulled up behind the slip and um that sort of uh, that quick what was meant to be a 30 minutes down the gully ended up turning into uh, two or three hours of recovery walking back the length of the farm to get a tractor and then going all the way back and towing it out then fixing the track and and then we were able to proceed down uh, and lay the targets out we got we nearly got stuck again in the bottom of the gully but we managed to mark managed to get that out with a bit of um aggressive driving i'd call it um and we made the mistake once again of not taking a rifle down there. We've seen about probably 25, 30 goats. <sighs> yes, so. I wanted to focus on the task that, at hand, Graham, that's why. Can't you even... just forgot, didn't you? Well, yeah. <clears throat> it's the longest walk we've done without a gun for ages, walking back to get the tractor. Well, yeah, it was like the length of the the um, the top of the farm, so it was would have been more than we normally walk anyway. But yeah, other than that, it was we got it done, which was good. Yeah, and, I forgot the number one rule is pace. Pace fixes everything. I don't think pace would have got us through that first hole. No, that's true. Yeah. That was yeah, a bit I of think. a... The other guys have been through, but they're on a side-by-side um, -side with better tyres and higher ground clearance than my crappy low Kawasaki. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. The targets are up. That's the main yes. thing. The targets are up, very good. And so, yeah, um, but we'll talk more about that in a couple of weeks. Uh, so, uh, Mark, Scotty and I, we tripped over to Rotorua um, about three weeks ago for the, the um, Central North Island Gun Club. Uh, they had like a mini PRS 22 style match. Um, targets at 100, 200, 300 metres. So they're on a... Um, a so where's that, Rotorua? Rotorua. So they're yep. on a square sort of range, so they have their, their targets have to their, how they um how their range certification works. Their targets have to be at the berms. So um we yeah, we jetted over for that. Uh, a very interesting drive through backcountry roads, which due to certain regions being in lockdown at the time, we had to um yeah take a very interesting path. Met some interesting people on the way, but that's um. Not quite safe for podcasts. <laughs> some of some of the conversations we had with them, uh, and yeah, we, we met up over there with some of the other guys that um, you know, Anthony and, and, and Michael, the guys you hear on on the podcast here, and, and Simon, they were over there, and yeah, yes, one day match. I think it was was it eight or ten stages? I can't recall. Um, yeah, the three three hundred meters is quite long range for the twenty two. That's so that could be quite a challenge for some people. I um. I went and checked my data. Luckily, I did because my data was not quite lining up in the realms of reality at 300 anyway. Um, so I got that sorted and, and it worked out all right. Um, so there was three classes. So they all had the same course of fire except um, different round counts and maybe some different time limits. I can't recall. So you had um, hunter class and semi-automatic class and then you had precision class or something yeah like that. which um, basically had no spare rounds roughly yeah and i think i think some of them but maybe not all the stages had a little less time yeah but so that again hunter class shot the same targets um and so you hopefully if you went there in hunter class you had a dialing gun because otherwise you'd be pretty screwed um so you shot so scotty he shot hunter and then you shot semi-automatic and i shot precision yeah yeah so, graham's best advice Enter the semi class, there'll be hardly anyone. There's heaps. And I got there, and all the about two, three quarters of the guns in the racks were all semi autos. I was like, God, stitched up again. <laughs> but you, so you date what, what, so what, talk about the setup you ran, Mark, and, um, and how you got on. So I debuted my replacement uh, Aruga 1022 competition, so done by their custom shop, just a stock factory one as was my traditions, um, with a Athlon... No, Delta. No. Athlon, oh, no, it is the Athlon. Isn't it? Athlon Sorry. Ares BTR oh, Gen 2 scope, 4.5 yeah. to 27. So, 
<laughs> which I had on the 2D3 for a while. So it's good. It's a mil scope. Um, not bad reticle. It's uh, eye box is a bit not that forgiving, but um, no, it's fine. Good. And the 22, you just had my awesome Magpul bipod on the front for stability. So yeah, uh, the best thing it's had is, is that those mag adapters that connect three mags together for 1022s, little polymer triangle thing so you can basically have three mags clipped together that that's brilliant because it means you've got something hanging out the bottom to grab with those bloody flat mags in a 1022 so yeah so no, i started off all right and went pretty good for the day mostly so uh i wasn't so as we've talked about previously yeah mark had an issue at the the previous <laughs> 22 match we, we hosted of mag dumping um, he's he's become almost semi-famous in the precision uh, rifle circles in the North Island anyway about it. Um, so we heard a mag dump uh, maybe two or three stages into and everyone started going, oh, Mark, fucking hell. And then we look over and Mark's on the spotter. It wasn't even him. or somebody else. <laughs> and I, then I don't, think you, I don't think you did one mag dump all day. No, I tamed it. So we're, uh, so we're all quite shocked, to be fair. Um, so as you said to me, you started off well and you carried on shooting well. So that and I had a good, that part of good the... squad composition. See, I told you this theory as well. I had one person. Oh, so one person. Wait a minute. What? Wait a minute. So are you blaming your results at the Tukarangi show? No, I just say it's a factor. <laughs> hey, it's something. Take look, just take it or leave it. You know, don't yeah, be a fair, fair. don't be an anti-vaxxer. Come on. Um, yeah. So. I had one person better than me and a couple of people say a similar level and then some younger guys who had like a red dot and something else so they were just having fun so it was good um, whereas at the other shoot I had uh, every single person in the squad was shooting way better than me so it just you know sends you into a downward spiral of depression for the day really no no I, yeah, I know what that's like that's yeah. my theory so uh, that's your theory. It's a, so we need to build your squads a certain way to boost your confidence. Yeah. Okay, we'll keep that in mind in upcoming events. Yeah. I'm just going to start putting you with Wilkie, Holly, <laughs> and Ian. Yeah, that'll be ideal. Just to. Um... <laughs> and then you you might as well just spot and take score. Yeah, <laughs> so, I think yeah. I'll. <laughs> I'll jam around on my gun and say, "Oh, sorry, guys, I'm out." I'll just spot Gun's broken. Gun's broken. Just intentionally loosen off your scope. Oh, the scope's <coughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, so, actually, I, yeah. So, I've um, lost my chamber flag. I'm so, out. Oh, damn. <laughs> so, I, one thing I didn't mention, we actually, we actually we headed over on the Friday. So, we um, uh, we got a, a Airbnb on the lake uh, and amongst about 30 people having um, parties and letting off fireworks and but it was nice it was a good place and a bunch of us guys um, all teed up and stayed there so with the idea of being a bit fresher for the day of shooting which I'm glad we did because it was such a bloody long drive over there going through um, over yeah going the back way was an hour and a half longer it was crazy anyway. yeah it makes, makes it a long drive from Taranaki uh, anyway so yeah and um, so what did I do I shot the precision class I shot my Tika T1X which is in a I mean if you follow anything you set up in a um one of the old mdt lss generation one chassis um, oh, was that the one you attacked with a grinder with a milling machine oh yeah and a, and a grinder uh, no so the original t1x's um uh, did not fit uh, sorry the original chassis for t3s didn't fit t1x's they now fit both but at at the time they were marketed as bolts straight into anything that the T3 does, but they didn't. They had to put modifications um, around the trigger and the mag. Anyway, uh, so it's, an, it's to be honest, it's not a particularly good chassis. It's rather dated. Um, and then I had the Delta Javelin on top, which is quite excellent. We've talked about that before. Yeah. And yeah, it's a, it's a solid little setup. And then I'm running a Skypod, MDT Skypod Gen 2, single pull. Um, yeah, again. Ammo was the uh, eye-wateringly expensive RWS R50, which is their 
one of their top of the line uh, sort of uh, match grade, Olympic grade ammunitions, I guess you'd call it. I hope it'd be top of the I line for the price. I, can't see. I think it retails around $400. I can't imagine it'd be much above it. <laughs> no. <laughs> Maybe if you shot solid gold projectiles. Yeah. So it's about a 75 cents a round or something like that. So you definitely don't want to plink with it. Um, uh, yeah, uh, but to be fair, that was shooting like, I didn't measure it, but like a fist-sized group, five shots at 300 metres. In pretty strong wind, but it was consistent wind. Yeah. But um, So for a 22 to group like that at 300 metres, uh, I mean, it's not like a centerfire, man. It's very rare. They'll sort of do stuff like that. So, And that's like four groups. I think I showed you them on the piece of steel, yeah. didn't I, the yeah. other day. Um, like I put a big sheet up and just dot it. But they are, it's impressive. Do you need it? Not really. Not for most competitions. But anyway, um, practical class. I guess I'm not sure how many competitors were in that. Maybe five of us. Precision uh, class. Been, I guess. Yeah. Would have been a, a dozen, maybe. I don't know. Um, ten. Um, it was inflated. Yeah, it was a good day. Well, yeah, there's, uh, there's 73 shooters. Uh, <laughs> most of them full-time professionals. Three Olympians and me no um to be fair uh so i ended up in third equal uh, a disputed third um with greg so yeah third equal with greg and then but um collie and wilkie as i mentioned earlier you guys have heard on the podcast before they flipping cleaned us up like it wasn't even close i think they're 200 points ahead or yeah or something astronomical like couple stages worth of points um wasn't even close so yeah yeah they yeah i'm they're on another level at the moment those two um yeah i'm not sure how to catch up to it to be completely fair but yeah it's um actually i know how to catch up to it add in a heap of unsupported shooting position oh, i thought you were going for my uh that's it blow the house to pieces down. no okay no with it so instead of murdering them, we'll just we'll um, keep that under wraps. Make the state. <laughs> yeah. Luckily, we don't get too many listens to the podcast. No, no, listens to no one. No, don't worry. Fine. No. Um, yeah, and but yeah. So again, you know, third. And so you, how did what did you end up in, Mark, on, on, on the set? Uh, third. Third. In Very good. class, there's huge field of shooters. I, so. I believe there was only a couple of hits between first, second, and third. Too, yeah, so. I was three or four behind. Um, yeah. First, and that was a, a couple that were shooting the same rifle, actually, um, the Ruger 1020 competition. So um, they were sharing it. So a guy and his wife. Um, so they, yeah. So that was good. And I was shooting uh, CCI standard <laughs> when I told the guy asked me, "Oh, what were you shooting?" I said CCI standard, and he looked at me like, "Yeah, okay." <laughs> Fallen, oh, no, it's, fallen it's, upon hard times. It's a pretty known quantity, to be fair. It's um, it seems to work okay on everything. Well, I actually had a, a friend of mine's coming to the match next weekend, or this weekend coming, and he, he said, "Oh, I'll, I'll go buy a couple of boxes." He's like, "No, you won't. You won't find any." Um, so, but it, I mean, if you've got it, it works. Um, to be fair, no, it's one of the lowest extreme spreads. The last batch I tested on my lab radar was one of the best ones I've done in terms of you know the, it was about 10 or 15 feet per second difference yeah. have you tried the green tag which is the match grade version never seen it well new, I've, Magnums used to have it back in the day before ammo become weirdly hard to get um, it's pretty good it's just consistent PCI standard essentially just yeah it's, it's the um, best, best of what comes off the line for that yeah 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 I did read about it, but I, yeah, I was surprised. It's obviously very popular in the states, duh. But I mean, I actually not have not seen it here, so so I picked up some um, RWS semi-auto, a brick of that to try. So that's that seems pretty good so far, and I'll be using that this weekend. But because I've run it, I'm almost out of standard, so. Haven't got much at all. Uh, yeah, I think I actually, to be, I'm on the topic of green tag. I might actually have a little bit. I, I might have a hundred rounds. I can give you. Um, 
Have we said ancient? Anyway, um, yeah, so RWS. Top, would have gone off by now. And I'll, yeah, this is how I'll beat you. I'll just set you up. Anyway, so other other notable results. Scotty uh, got first in the Hunter class. First. First. Yes, he's very well with his sack. Not sure of the model, but an older Sarko, where she's put a vortex scope on. He shot pretty well, actually. It was a three to nine, wasn't it? Just a Scotty. standard scope. Yeah, but an old, one of the old original Diamondback Tacticals, they oh. had a uh, an elevation turret, but no wind, no parallax or windage or something. Oh, no yeah. Parallax. No parallax. Um, yeah, they were quite common five, six years ago. They've sort of fallen into obscurity now because you can get um, better scopes for the same price, essentially. Well, you can get significantly better. They're, they're okay. But, um, yeah, um, Scottish out well. So, yeah, it's good showing for Taranaki boys. Um, but again, none of us were close to Wilkie or uh, or Collie. So, yeah. They're on another level. So, good on them. They're, uh, they're tearing it up at the moment. Um, but, yeah, so we um, we hit, we come back from that event that night, later on that night. Just yeah, wrapping sorry. up on it. Uh, yeah. Well, unless there's something else you want to say? No, no, just the stages. I, I did like quite a few of the stages, um, the setup. Oh, actually, no, you're right, you're right. No, and there was one I didn't get to shoot because it broke. The fact that a lot of the stuff was 150 and 200? It was, it was 100 and 200. 100, yeah. Basically, it was two, two distances the whole day, most of the time. So that was good too. So you had the same, same dope for each stage, just about. For, for various targets so that yep. was, I enjoyed that was good too anyway just made it because I think eight stages were on one range they had a quite a two on the other one they had quite a cool moving like a little target like uh, uh, like you'd have at a carnival I guess I don't know overseas but a little rotating thing that you got to knock these flappies over but unfortunately that um, the motor on it cooked out about, I was the next shooter and it died so will you guys ever learn shame because I was all your complex stages always break immediately. It's just, just. What do you, What do you mean? I'm just saying the, the complex stages tend to always break, and they are. Oh, sorry, that's it. Scrub that one. Yeah, well, that's trouble. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, they had. Yeah, it was quite prop heavy, I guess. Well, it kind of had to be on a square range. Um, yeah. Uh, oh, I did like. There's a double action in which is sort of um, sitting, kneeling standing and prone up and down up and down I quite like that um, so unsupported you know sling only or in a bipod prone. oh that sucked yeah um, didn't like that <laughs> yeah yeah it's cool it was good it was a good it was a good weekend away um, yeah what's we'll to do it again next year I guess and uh, any other things you want to say on that event mate No, the range was good. Um, so obviously, do they share it with the? Is there a pistol club next door? Is it? Pistol club is uh, probably the biggest pistol club in the southern hemisphere, just up, down the road a bit. <laughs> I'm very dubious of southern hemisphere quotes. Everyone says that. It's because there's nothing down here. Because well, there's not a lot in the southern hemisphere. There's no. <coughs> <laughs> it's it's like us Australia and a bunch of world. It's a running <laughs> running joke that we have. It's, yep. it's yeah, the biggest yeah. in southern hemisphere. So yeah, okay. But fair enough, fair enough. Good for them. <laughs> uh, no, yeah, no, it, was, it, it is a renowned uh, pistol club. Yeah, yeah. I was looking at their uh, calendar; they have a lot of stuff on so throughout the year. So it's good, good on them. Good hosts. So that, so that, the Central North Island Gun Good Club Gun Club, they do a Anzac Day shoot, which is sort of a service rifle style thing. Uh, I've never managed to get along to it, but that's meant to be quite a good shoot. They were very heavy. They had a lot of semi-automatic-based events in the pre-ban years, um, obviously. So they're, they're sort of you know trying to find new events to attract people now that um, the um, the government banned, uh, obviously, uh, semi-automatic rifles and those kind of things. So I think this, the plan is for them more service style stuff and then the maybe some more of this Precision 22 events. But yeah. So yeah, we headed back, got back nice and late, and uh, in the following weekend we had Tarata 2021, which was meant to be a two-day event. We only got one day out of it due to um, fog, a uh, very awesome blanket of fog that sat over the area until about three o'clock in the afternoon. But anyway, on the Saturday we shot the Teams event, 
Uh, so you mark was a RO for this event. Yeah. And he. So what? What did you do on the day, Mark? Uh, basically, I had a spot on the two stages there, mainly the the spinner, which the spinning target targets had a um, another target behind them. So if you got the mover moving far enough, you could then have a go at the target behind it. So it's quite a fun stage. It was. I did enjoy um, watching the teams go through and see how they went. So. Yeah, it was quite a cool stage that one actually. It was, um, as Mark said, the the spinner's got a larger disc on top, a, a larger disc on bottom, and a smaller on top. And the, the larger disc on the bottom obscures a slightly smaller plate hidden behind it. So the idea being that one team member or both would get the um, the spinner either rotating completely or just swinging out of the way and allowing enough of a window for you to. Um, launch another round, your, your teammate or you, and hit the hidden target. So, ideally, for us, I didn't get it spinning, so I would um, predict where when it was going to be exposed, and I'd, I'd, I'd send a shot before it actually appeared. But anyway, um, it was yes, a very fast, fun stage where you um, ideally worked as a team. Unfortunately, my teammate, her rifle, um, she had. <laughs> around uh, dive forward down in the magazine and so she i think she got maybe one shot away maybe two was that on all stages or just that one and then i had to sort of just just that one and then i just had to rip through and uh fire off as many rounds as i could but you anyway, know it was it was cool so we ran um so uh me and my teammate so obviously it wasn't mark um we were both running 6.5 Creedmoor. She was running the 140 ELDMs. It's more of a what we can get at the moment. And I was using the 130 um, Sierra Match King. So very similar dope, but not exact. So we couldn't um, uh, run exact same uh, elevation. So we come up with a way around that using hard data, which I'll touch on in a minute. And um, But the wind calls were the same if in practical application. And um, yeah, it, was, it worked out pretty well. Well, so we shot, like I said, both six five Creedmoors, and so what we did is we built data, hard data, so we didn't use our phones at all for the event. Uh, first of all, due to the rain, um, running electronics was just a waste. It was a waste of time, but difficult. Um, you know, wet hands, wet gloves, etc. And then uh, also because you had to uh, range and engage your targets on the clock, you wanted to get your data as quick as possible. So having to open the app, type in all the distances, blah, 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 blah. You know, then you look away and the, your phone shuts down, you got to reopen it. it. It's time consuming and inside medium distances, you don't actually need to be that accurate with your, your um, the distance you apply. So what I what we did is we built range cards from sort of 200 metres out to, I think they went to six, 700 metres or something in 20 metre increments. So say the distance was 547 meters i'll just go to the 540 meter um dope uh, a distance on my chart apply whatever the mill um, elevation adjustment is and adjust that um either up or down one click depending on whether i was high or low of my um actual distance so and then obviously at further distances there might have been a couple of clicks maybe three or four between it and you just split the difference because at 600 meters it's not the end of the world if you're a, a click up or click down in my opinion especially if you're shooting from a supportive positional you're generally going to be wobbling uh not that you want to but you're going to be wobbling more anyway and so that's going to give you more issues so again we'd, we'd get to the stage range um uh, quickly cross-reference to our chart um, if it was only one target distance, I'd just directly apply the data. And so my teammate should be doing the same thing. Um, so we again, waterproof data and a little um, save a tactical notebook cover. And then um, if we had multiple targets, we had right in the rain pads, we'd either jot it down, the target ID and the target. Um, I wouldn't write the distance down, but I'd write the correction. Or I also had like wax pencils and on my right in the rain 
chart which was slipped in a little plastic sleeve in the in the notebook cover i'd just circle the intended dope for each one and obviously the closer target's going to be a lower number and further targets going to be a higher number and that way first of all it worked in the rain because it was raining all day it didn't lead up once and um and then once we we're done we we're able just to wipe off the waxy pencil stuff with a you know your wet sleeve just wipe it straight off so it was very easy to go from stage to stage and have your data uh, quick and ready to go um so this was actually the first time i'd run hard data in a competition obviously the time limit um uh, made it uh not crucial but i think uh, easier and also the weather forced us to do something different so we had a plan to deal with it and it worked really well in the wet wet cold windy rainy weather um now i understand there was several people who went with um, their their data just written on paper like in a paper notebook or just printed on a piece of a4 computer paper and that really quickly failed in the in the rain a few guys carry around balls of mushy but that sort of meant nothing um so that that's yeah but again that's but to be fair it was a good test of your um not just your equipment but your, um, how you apply your data in adverse conditions. Um, we can theorize about it as much as we want, but until you're sort of trying to put 60 shots each downrange over five hours in the rain or something, um, you don't know how you, you how you planned for that to go, if it's going to work or not. So pretty happy with what we did uh, between between our team. And then, but I've also ordered, what well, that's turned up as um, Simon runs one. It's a an arm card that sits on your, your your wrist holder and it's a little bit bigger and it's um it's a thlr branded one if you know you know who that is from god norway uh, and it gives you a little bit more information and you can sort of draw a map of your uh the targets sitting on the topography so if you've got multiple targets sitting in different nooks and crannies or references by trees or fences or lakes or whatever um, you can do a quick field sketch um and uh, reference um, to that uh, again I'll, I'll put a picture up I'm actually going to do a video about um, hard data but something I'm going to try I know Simon's big on it and to be fair he's been telling me to run hard data for quite a few years and I've only just sort of taken notice of it and it um, significantly improved things to the point um, even comp on we're going to be shooting this weekend a 22 comp I won't use my phone I'll just eliminate you know waterproof setup so it should raining but it's just quick and easy and even though we've got time between stages to um and we're given our distances i can work it all out i'll just run the hard data have you got any thoughts on that kind of thing mark um just don't shoot in the rain you reckon, no i mean hard data oh sorry <clears throat> uh Yeah, well, I don't know. At this stage, I still like using technology, so I just um, run. I've got my phone with the um, Stralock data in it, and then I just save it to the cloud and load it into the iPad version of the app as well. So I've got the iPad as a backup, um, and it's actually easy to use. So I might actually start using the iPad instead of the phone. So that works quite well. You're going to carry an iPad around at events. <laughs> Says the man who's carrying a roll of toilet paper and notes and waterproof paper and pens and crayons and an easel for, to paint a scene of where all the targets are and draw a bit of a background and put a get someone to pose in front of it. Yeah. A 3D scanner that scans the topography. Yeah. A LiDAR. That's what so what are you going to do in a really rainy conditions? Yeah. Just not go. I'll basically just... Uh... And saying that, when we shot Ohini back in May, we had to run hard data. So, uh, we had to run digital data because, to be fair, that was longer distance. So I find it... Uh, sorry, I don't find... Uh, the, the Inside 700 metres, that data can be a little bit... Your atmospherics can be... That was a massive change in altitude. Massive change in... Can be... Yeah. It was a big, yeah. cha big change in altitude. Yeah. So, so I just wasn't going to run hard data when I'm going to such a different location that I haven't been before, so... Well, 
to be fair, at that distance, you need to be quite tuned up on your temperature, your pressure. Yeah. Um, there's that much wind. You, that wind is making a huge difference to your elevation. So that's when that accurate um, data done by a ballistic solver. Yeah, I think past medium distances. Um, maybe that's what I see some guys now, they're running the, um, you can get, um, well, to be fair, I, on that event, I run the, um, uh, what's it called? The Terrapin and that you didn't even have to have your phone um unlocked it would just tell you your um your elevation so that was nice but again that's a three and a half thousand dollar pair of rangefinders so yeah a set of rangefinder barring that i'll just put a B bdx scope um, yeah. on just use a bdx scope for 1400 meters for of course 1400 meters. yeah easy just double it and they limit and they limited to 700 Probably. Just put two on. I'll just do competitions that aren't more than 700 metres. Okay. But yeah, um, that was great to talk to you about, Mark. You're so receptive of, of new ideas. No, no, um, it's not a new but idea. But yeah, it was, it's again... Go, it's going back to the old, you know, just the old pen right. and paper. So we shot, again, uh, my teammate was meant to be... Uh, friend of mine from up in the in the way but he was uh in a lockdown so he could not leave the area until like a few days after the event which was stupid so uh a fine filled in um newer to precision shooting she's done several hunter class events doing pretty well to class um but this was quite a big step up obviously um being an open class event and also uh, quite hard stages. Um, but yeah, she shot good. So our goal was a 50% total score, you know, of, of maximum available score. I think we we're on like 47-ish, 48 or 40, something like that. Um, so pretty happy with how we performed. We ended up in fifth overall. Again, we're pretty happy with that. Um, I mean, some we had a couple stages because there was so, and there's sort of fog blowing around and, and shitty conditions and sheet rain and there's one of them. I was running my not so trusty Leica 1600Bs, which when they come out were the cool rangefinder you could get, but now they they're quite they struggle. And to be fair, the, they get the they work lessons, but um. Man, with a little, not even that much fog, they were struggling at like 300 meters to give you anything, and and we were having to arrange the targets, you know, under the clock. And I just wasn't. Some stages we just weren't getting a reading, so we um, couple we had to estimate, and then a couple I just I could, we had to, there's a dash at style stage, and I I couldn't get past sort of 300 meters, you know. Which is a shame. I dropped a lot of points there just to, due to the gear not being up to it, I guess. Maybe a bit old. Um, yeah, because to be, I, I think I would have got a few more hits anyway. And the idea was that you shot out five targets and you shot back the same five targets. So we only got the first three and then we couldn't shoot any further. So we couldn't repeat the closer ones and blah, blah, blah. But, um, I think the, that's the only thing that really let me down was yeah, the rangefinder. And then obviously wearing glasses um, was giving me a lot of trouble in the rain. Um, I probably need to uh, go back to getting some contact lenses. I just can't be bothered with them half the time. But get some contact lenses maybe and have them there for these rainy days. And um, yeah, it's a, a real hassle with everything. Um, getting wet. It's not so much fogging up, it's the, um, the rain just building up on the outside of the lens. and. Um, yeah, but you, know, uh, you, you see, pretty much kind of helpful. You're not going to get an event where it's going to rain from eight a.m. till the end of the event. Very often, non-stop. So there's another side to that: is on the real sunny events, someone likes sunglasses. So I, I, I've shot with contacts before. It is good. It's just, to be fair, I just have to go to town and get a I test gear and I can't be bothered. Um, me being lazy more than anything. But yeah, the the yeah, it, it would be nice. Be. But anyway, that's a, not really a podcast topic. My uh, defunct eyes. Um, 
yeah. And then what else? Uh, yeah, like I said, even I mean, everyone had pretty good wet weather gear on, but by the end of the day, most most people were pretty damp through. Um, but yeah, uh, we had it was it was interesting to see the guys who run their rifles on the ragged edge of pressure have a lot of um, uh, extraction and primer issues. Um, one of our friends, who I won't name for uh, national security reasons, uh, I think he only had one primer stain all day, or something like that. I mean, he sent me a picture. So his were popping out. Um, <laughs> whether it stopped or not, that's up to him. But, but he's, to be fair, he's still... But yeah, we, we were running our both our creeds on sort of um, what you call lower nodes in the uh in the sort of um, velocity um with the idea that um in the hotter months they won't heat up too much and, and same thing cause pressure and if you have a, a little bit of moisture in the chamber as you're going to on days like this um we won't have problems there and we didn't so the the that was fine that was that worked well um you know, not chasing that extra 50 feet per second or, or whatever relative to your cartridge and just running a little bit lower pressure. It worked out well on that side because um, I, don't, I don't want to be popping primers uh, at all, let alone all of my cartridges. Yeah, and then... Did, what? So anything you've seen, Mark, that sort of uh, piqued your interest or how teams were working together or, or weren't or what worked well or, and stuff like that? I'm surprised you'd let a gun keep going with that. No? What do you mean? What the primer thing? Bl blowing primers every single time. Well, that's up to him, isn't it? Okay. Or, or if the match director sees it. If the match director sees it, you know. Well, well, yeah. It's just an afterthought. So did you see anything? No, no. That, you know, the question I asked? Nope. Oh, no, okay. Nope. Anyway, so yeah, that's it. Mark didn't see anything. He uh, must have had fogged up glasses like me. No, I spent my but day. Yeah, it was pretty cool. So I've, again, unfortunately, sorry. I spent the day trying to keep a spotting scope viewable, trying to get the lens from getting rain on all the time. God, drove me nuts. Most of the day you could see all right, just about. A couple of, state, a couple of times it was very, very hard to see the, what was happening, but most of the time it was okay because it wasn't foggy, it was just, just steady rain. So, um, some of the, about three or four squads basically cleaned up the stage, which was pretty impressive. So, uh, the lads with the seven storm basically they just hit it once and that got it moving far enough for the other guy to hit it. So, um, doesn't helps when you've got a two hundred gram projectile with a fair bit of velocity behind it. So that was impressive. Um, and then uh, the two chaps from down the way, they shot last on it, and they basically um, got it moving straight away. And then basically just I stopped counting because they basically maxed out. And their timing, timing of shots was excellent. So, and they did it in quick time as well. It was impressive to watch. As were a couple of the other squads who basically got maximum points on the mover. So, um, obviously, it helped. There was a squad there. They had basically identical ballistics, both firing six millimeters and using the same data. So that made it easy and quick. I thought it was quite a yeah. good idea if you can do it. Yeah, I, I, I got max points with nearly one shooter. Nearly. Did you? You got max points with nearly yeah. one. That's a debatable claim, but that's right. I just said, you, you scored it. I don't know. Um, yeah, but uh, anyway, yeah. I just had to shoot fast. Oh, that's right, you just flipped um, me some money. Bro, I yeah. forgot about that. So yeah, it was anyway. Um, but yeah, unfortunately, day two was uh, a complete fog out, um, which is a real shame. So that has been postponed and hopefully going to be hopefully going to be run in early February next year, which would be cool. 
because um, it's one of my favourite matches and I was quite keen to um, get it. And so um, so Mark is still currently the uh, reigning uh, Tirada Practical Champion, Practical Class. So yeah, I was hoping it was postponed until next year, like November again. It'd be good. So you get another full year. Get two years for nothing. Ah, uh, yeah, I see. It, it's cheaper on ammo that way. There is an ammo shortage. So... Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so we'll do that. We'll run that again, um, hopefully in... Sorry, we... Simon will run that again, um, hopefully in February, and uh, we'll be there with bells on. And hopefully it's stinking hot and windy and no rain. So um, we have won a little 22 coming up next... This weekend, sorry. Uh, it's funny enough, same venue, Tarata. Um, some not the same part of the property, a uh, different part of the property. It was moved from Tokoroa. Uh, more of a casual. Yes, so Tokoroa was the um, uh, what they wanted. Um, uh, COVID crap got in the way. Anyway, um, so this is sort of a little bit more of a casual match, um, and it's styled, I believe. I haven't harassed Simon too much for details. As a semi-automatic versus bolt action, so I believe the idea is. Uh, the closer range targets and um, will suit the semis and um, it's, it's a higher round count so you can get more shots on target and then the, maybe the longer range it's only at 150 but that'll suit the um, the more orientated bolt actions um, the fuds I believe is the intent I, I heard a room no fuds they've got a bolt action that's only good at short range oh okay yeah yeah um, and yeah, so I believe there's going to be quite a lot of really close range stuff too, which, as we've talked about previously, 22 events really screws people up. Um, Why did I just put a one kilo like scope on my gun then? God. Well, you did have a 1 to 10 LPVO on it, so I'm not sure why you took that off. It was a Swamp Fox, and its Swamp parallax Fox. is set too far out makes it i tested it on possum shooting and it's not quite there it's um because it's got no no obviously no adjustable parallax and one to tens are almost in the league where you really should have it but they don't so yeah that's a fair point eh? especially for small close targets at 10 yeah um, but yeah so the, the short range as i've said before uh, we ran it at our comp, you know, people asking what's the shortest distance, you say, oh, 10 metres, and they laugh at you, like, what's the point? Just give me the give me the points on the scorecard now, you know, waste of time, and then it proceeded to nearly run and missed it, so it's um, a little bit of thinking for close range, very close range uh, shooting on small targets. So, um, in my head, I'm good at it, I'm, I think I can do it, but uh, we'll see in reality this Saturday. Now, what is, um, with the theme of it being semi versus bolt, um, uh, Scotty brought up that, why don't we all shoot the Chris Vectors? Well, well Chris, not Vectors, sorry, Chris DMKs. So, um, Scotty's got a white one, you've got a green one, I've got a black one. So, we'll all be running them. Uh, we've all got, so Scotty's got a Night Force on his. I've got a Element Helix, and you have a massive Carlos K... 525 What's the model? DLR. Jesus, the big one, eh? Mm. Um, so it weighs as much as the, the gun itself. <laughs> um, does it? What does it parallax back to? Is it do a nice close parallax? Uh, it's less... 20? Maybe less oh, than that. Okay. Yeah, but yeah, um, so the idea is we'll run the... Run the semis. Um, the class is pretty clear. Instead clear, of though. our, uh, like, yes, yeah, well, you'd hope so. Um, you'd hope so. You'd hope so. You'd hope so. Oh, well, I don't know, that Night Force ATAC R is pretty clear, but at 10 metres it was a bag of shit, so, um, <laughs> you know, it's still $6,000 and it still couldn't hit a 10 metre target. But anyway, that's, um, other than that, it was excellent. So, we, I should probably be shooting my Tika T1X, um, but because it's a sort of casual comp um, we thought we'd, uh, we'd run the semis again we've set them up with nice scopes and um, I have been again I went and bought a brick of the RWS semi-automatic uh, same as Mark and it shoots pretty good actually in the uh, 
in the Chris DMK. I'm quite happy with it. I am. Um, uh, yeah, I've done a little bit of testing. I'll, I'll do a bit more tomorrow. Uh, not testing, practice and, um, and stuff like that. But it's, it's grouping well, grouping nice and tight, especially for a semi anyway. Mate. It's, it's, it's not it's not as good as the Tika. I'm, I'm not going to, and that's probably more to do with the trigger. The trigger's a bit average in them. It's quite a um, clunky trigger. How would you explain it? It's it's kind of a mill, mill spec style agricultural. Trigger, but it's not the nicest, cleanest trigger in the book. It's an agricultural trigger. Yeah. Now. It's got a little bit of weird take up, and I can sort of pull it crisp, not crisp. I can pull it consistently, I think, if I take my time. And but, but again, it's not like a uh, the Tika trigger or or, or a Saka or something. Uh, but but again, very different, um, very different rifle. So yeah, we'll see how us three go. Now, Anthony Colley is coming over for the weekend, so uh, no doubt he'll be shooting his voodoo. So. Um, Hopefully there's heaps of unsupported positional to throw him off. Um, and I'm not sure if Wilkie's coming over. But it should be a good fun day. Got a few new shooters uh, that are friends of mine who don't really compete. Um, they're coming along. Um, so it should be quite a eventful day. And it looks like the weather's going to be nice at this stage. Yeah, be fine. So what's your plan, Mark? You're, uh, you br- you're bringing anyone along? Yeah, my wife, Alex. She's going to shoot. That'll be quite interesting. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Have you decided on what rifle? No. Still mulling it over. No. You'll decide... So you'll decide the five minutes before the comp, like when we went to Rotorua? Yeah. I'll have to do a bit of practice, I guess, would help. Yes, I'd say so. Not Maybe me. Even just dialing she, or something. She needs practice, not me. I'm fine. Oh, oh you, well, you you probably need a little bit. What? Hey, what about you put the BD? No, just waste ammo. I haven't got enough ammo to waste. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just saying. Then you could set the ranges with the BDC. BDC. The um the B- seats B- you keep buying. BDX. No, no, I don't think I'll do that. Yeah, sorry, that's fine. I could do that though. That's yeah, a good idea. Uh, short well, range though solves the dialing problem yes that would require nah I'll just it's that. probably worth taking it's probably worth putting a piece of paper up at 10 metres at the back of the house and showing that bore offset for those close shots and yeah and that kind of thing I've worked that out using the holdover so I've just basically got a little sheet with I mean for, to show you for 10 metres it's basically 4 mils oh yeah so Oh, you're using mills, though. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I just use like um, I just guess it mostly. <laughs> yeah. no. no, I thought I'd improve on my last effort <laughs> by actual working out what it would be, and then you don't have to dial it because I can't dial back, down or up or whatever it is. <clears throat> so you, when we shot it at Tukarangi, did you hit them, the close ones? Tarata. Tukarangi. Tukarua? Right My house. My house. Oh. oh. I can't remember. Probably not. Yeah. Look, judging by your overall score, probably not. Okay, well, it's cool. But anyway, um, I think that about wraps up most of what we want to talk about tonight. Um, yeah, so we'll um, see you all in a couple of weeks, and hopefully we've got something interesting to talk about with the 22 match, and... Yeah, any closing thoughts from you, Mr. Andrews? To shoot the weekend after? Yeah, we'll talk about that afterwards, though. Okay. Yeah. Right right. Talk about. That's it, then. Yeah, anyway, thank you, everyone, again, for listening to uh, some riveting conversation from me and Mark. Um, we will... You can, sorry, we won't see you. You'll listen to us again, if you want to, in a couple of weeks. Bye.